0: Welcome to Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. We are today speaking about rejoicing through trials. Um, our world is just one big trial after another. Um, we have coronavirus that's not going to be leaving us anytime soon. No, because
1: yeah. they won't let it leave us. Right.
0: It doesn't, it's it's going to stay. Um, we have what's going on in Afghanistan. We have personal things that are going on we have all, so many different ministry leaders throughout the the world are are having moral failures well let's praise the lord of... first
1: of all for afghanistan that so many christians have gotten out because some christian organizations have said hey let's get to this and because some christians spoke up and said uh and demanded that the government do something. Oh, that's wonderful! So I mean that so that's so wonderful. My wife was my my wife was telling me that today uh, that like three thousand immigrants are coming to the United States a that day are a, from, from Afghanistan. I, we don't oh, know that they're all Christians, goodness, right. but we know that Christians are getting out. And according to Sean Hannity. Um, there's about a thousand Americans that are left in Afghanistan. Okay. Now, there's Christian, there's Christians in Afghanistan that are going through persecution, and I don't want to limit that, but we do have something to rejoice in, and we want to talk about the fact that that there are there's crisis in the world. There's been a crisis. There's and like you said, COVID nineteen, and. And you've got this thing with Afghanistan, but not only that, you have personal crisis that people are facing sickness, death of loved ones, um, um, financial, but people lost jobs during the whole COVID thing, but businesses have closed. So the question comes up and, and you were asking the question,
0: how do we rejoice through these trials. I, I've, I, is it right to rejoice? Is it okay? I, I even had somebody I saw share recently. They said, how can anybody be happy and do anything during all that's going on right now? And I honestly, I read it and I almost felt bad because we were doing something. We were taking our kids out to the beach during that time. And I mean, my heart had been, it is still, very much hurting Um, one of my best friends from that's been a lifelong friend since junior high was just diagnosed with cancer and she uh, my heart is grieving and i i i've grieved with her and you know i've wept with her and so you see something like that and you think is it right to still to still you know keep moving on and doing stuff with my family and even though we're still hurting what, what's right? What, how can I rejoice through all of this?
1: How can I... You, know, it's all, you feel like like the devil would have you feel like a hypocr- hypocrite. Yeah, like you're disconnected. I just came from, from a funeral, right. and how can I be eating uh, gummy bears? I, I mean, right. how can I be happy? Right. And, and yet the world is filled with emotion, and we need to understand that. And if I am the person that is dwelling continually on all the negative things it'll drive me absolutely nuts mm-hmm. and it'll drive anybody absolutely nuts paul said this paul said rejoice in the lord all and again i say rejoice it's interesting in the in the original text it doesn't say always it says all way uh, the idea is in every way mm-hmm. rejoice in the lord um The the fact of the matter is, people you know, people that you meet, uh, and even within your family and for yourself, there's going to be times of crisis. There's going to be times of grief. And grieving is, there's nothing wrong with somebody grieving. The problem is when we allow that grief to overtake us, and then our life becomes a life of woe is me. Dr. So Wimp, you say... Dr. Wimp used to call it the plum crowd, the poor little old me crowd. Plum. Plum. And, and, uh, and it's easy. It, can be, it could be very easy in what's going on in our world today to have that heart, but God doesn't want us to have that heart.
0: So what, um, is what you're saying is that grieving at some times, at, at many times, is the right thing to do.
1: Yes, it's perfectly right. It's
0: right. It's not just that it's wrong, Not wrong. It is right. That's right. To grieve in a situation. I know, like um, we've talked about before, you did not grieve when your father passed away at ten years old, and it was years later. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: I didn't. I didn't know what. You didn't to know do. how to emote. I didn't. didn't yeah. Know how to... I, I at ten years old, my dad died. I walked up. I I looked at him in the in the in the coffin, the thing that fascinated me looking at my dad in the coffin was that he had a mustache on. He'd never had a mustache and he was much thinner. Hmm. And, I, and I never had, he never had a mustache. And I said, mom, why does dad have a mustache? And mom said that he always, that when he, when she first met him, he had a mustache and she always wanted him to,
0: <laughs> to wear
1: a mustache. And so, and he didn't want to wear a mustache, but when, when he knew he was going to die within the next two weeks, he grew a mustache so that she would see him for the last time in a mustache.
0: Even in that shows rejoicing in trials, like I'm going to live the life that I have left to live. And love you the and way do I do something can to show love that to you. I love wasn't that that's pretty that's cool that's amazing had yeah a, it's not about me that's, had a pretty cool day that is really so, sweet
1: and I remember all these women coming up and hugging me oh, I'm you know sure. like uh, and and my head reaches their belly you know and I'm I'm they're hugging me and I'm thinking. What are you? What are you crying about? You didn't even know my dad. Why am I hugging and, this and, lady?
0: And, Why do I have to <laughs> hug another forty-year-old woman? <laughs> so
1: that, that was all going on, and we went, and mom was crying, and we went to the funeral, and and there wasn't a whole lot of emotion that was ever shown in our in our in our home, and dad was old-school Lebanese, right. and now we had fun. He was a fun guy. But I didn't see a whole lot of that. I, he was a very strict disciplinarian. So, uh, nothing, I, there was no grieving. I mean, except I thought, how am I supposed to act? I felt really odd when I went back to school in the fifth grade and you're everybody was to looking at me. Like, yeah, yeah am, I am I, yeah. am I supposed to be, am I allowed to have fun I'm, right. or am I supposed to be depressed? Two years later, I'm in the seventh grade. We're doing calisthenics in the seventh grade, and, uh, and somebody said something to me about your dad is something or other. I was doing jumping jacks, and all of a sudden I busted out crying. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't. The kid I just didn't could, even know I, your dad was dead. You I didn't couldn't. Even, yeah, dead. I, it's two years ago. Yeah. I mean, for a kid, that's like a lifetime. Yeah. And I started crying, and the kid in front of me said, that the 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 uh, the, uh, the gym teacher said, "What'd you do to him?" I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. He said, uh, "He said he just told me his dad died and he started crying." And they took me over to uh, a, a wall, sat me next to the wall, and then he said, "What happened?" And I felt so stupid because I thought it was two years. Ago. This is two years ago. Aww. Your dad just died. Well, no, he died two years ago. And I'm sitting and I'm thinking this in my mind as a seventh grader. I'm thinking, this is so ridiculous. Yeah, Stop but this. But any
0: adult would be like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm yeah, pick- you don't know what to yeah, But no uh, one walked you through this it. this. is two
1: years. Yeah, and So so it's all right to grieve. The, but the Bible says, even as I think about this, as I'm talking about this, the Bible says in First Thessalonians, we sorrow not as others who have no hope. Mm. I knew my dad was in heaven. Even though I wasn't a Christian, I have been. I grew up with Christian values and I knew that my dad did whatever it was he needed to do to, get to have a relationship yeah. with God. So I asked mom, I said, am I going to see my dad when I get to heaven? And the answer was yes. Am I going to know who he is? And I didn't know the answer to that. Is he going to know who I am? My mom said, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then I've come to an understanding of scripture right. that I will know him, that I'll know he was my dad and I'll know all that stuff. So, but we're to, we, we are to sorrow. He doesn't say, don't sorrow and don't grieve. Hmm. The Bible tells us when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus, when he went there, he he wept. He wept because... He was seeing the grieving hearts of Mary and Martha. He wept because he saw all those friends. He wept maybe because he thought of the pain that Lazarus went through. Uh, uh, Or maybe he wept for joy because he knew what was going to take place. But Mm. Jesus wept. The Bible says he had compassion on the multitude when he looked at them and he saw them as sheep having no shepherd. Mm. There's a there's a compassion that he has and certainly if we're in a world where people are hurting and there's things going on we're going to have emotion and we're going to feel and we're going to grieve and we're going to weep over certain mm-hmm. things i can watch a tv show and oh, some yeah, kids not being that. treated right and i and i cry over a stupid tv show um so we should have and we should feel free to be able to to grieve. At the same time, I shouldn't feel guilty if I turn around and an hour later I'm laughing about something because God doesn't want me to sorrow as those who have no hope. Tell me
0: that quote you said about John Maxwell.
1: John Maxwell said this. I I heard him (laughs) say... And this is not a direct quote, um, but he said, 30 minutes after my funeral, somebody's going to look at somebody else and say, hey, please pass the potato salad. And that's going to be the most important thing at the table. (laughs) And that's true. We come, we go. There is death. There is sickness. There are problems in this life. And the way we deal with those problems is very, very important. The Bible says in Proverbs, and I don't have the verse in front of me, but you can look it up. Uh, It says that a merry heart doth good like a medicine. Hmm. I don't know how many times I've walked into hospital rooms when people are really hurting and just talked to them and got them laughing and Hmm. got them uh, just joking about things. Pastor Matt is excellent at that. We need to understand that we need to grieve with those who grieve, we need to weep with those who weep, but we also need to laugh and we need to encourage. And I can't constantly be unhappy because I know this, God's in control of the entire mm. world. Yes. He's in control of everything. And my God does that which is good. Mm. And Romans 8, still says, God works all things together for good, to those who love God, and to those who, can, who are called according to his purpose. One of the best things I can do for somebody who's just lost a spouse is walk in, put my arm around them, and say, I love you, and spend some time talking talking about memories mm-hmm. and getting them to laugh about the memories they have with this, with this person that they've just lost. Yeah. And think about the good things. We can always find good things to rejoice over no matter what the circumstances Mm -hmm. are that we're in.
0: We're rejoicing, and that's what I always tell our kids. No matter what, we can rejoice in the fact that we were lost sinners and that Jesus died for us, and he was buried, and he rose again, and we don't have to be away from him for eternity in hell. We get to be in heaven, no matter what. And that's why the world can't rejoice. That's why they do grieve like there's no hope, because they have no hope. But we do. No matter what happens, if our world, if, if there's a horrible thing that happens again, and it, you know, in the U.S., you know, and our our little perfect lives are hit hard, we're gonna be in heaven, and that's and that's the reality. Like teaching our kids that, and I don't think that's a, a a real reality to a lot of people. And I think that's you did that with us. I mean, I've gone to more funerals than the majority of. People, People yeah. growing, you know, it's just something that we did. We'd go to, I, we've gone to two funerals and a wedding in one day, you know, and it's, you go, just like you said, you weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice.
1: So I was just, I, I was just recalling the wedding. We we did a funeral, then we did another funeral and Trey was like four years old yeah. and we went to this funeral and then we had to leave that funeral and Trey's like trying to take all this in. And we go, then we went to a wedding. That afternoon we went to the wedding and Joshua came up and said, Joshua came up to Trey and Trey was just sitting there at this wedding. Everybody's happy. Everybody's having a good time. And he said to Joshua, Joshua said to him, uh, and I just happened to overhear the conversation. Joshua said, so Trey, everybody's happy. Why are you sitting there? He said, well, I'm not happy. He said, why he said i just saw a woman stick her husband in a box (laughs) stick him in the ground i'm not happy
0: (laughs) and that's true like he had and that kid needed to be taught to weep with those who weep and rejoice rejoice with with those those who rejoice. rejoice and it was a real concern i remember that too that was about seven years ago so he was Seven or eight years ago. Yeah, he was like four years old. He
1: was just he, but he could articulate enough to say. And he had been to
0: multiple funerals and weddings before, but this was now he's comprehending it. Well, I'm not happy. Why would I? I'm not happy. You crazy fools.
1: how
0: can you be happy i just saw a woman stick her husband in a box
1: (laughs) stick him in the ground i think man i don't share that story that just that
0: sounds gruesome no it sounds so warped but that's but that's the reality of being a preacher's kid in a in a larger church you do see all those kinds of things a lot and so seeing that for us growing up we would we would go to We've gone to multiple funerals, and then we go out with the family later or go to their yeah. home and yeah. have a good time at their home with those people. And like you said, it's it's talking about the good times and the blessings that God had allowed uh, for us getting to know those people. That's right. So um, that was very helpful, I think, That and it's something that you taught us, and it wasn't even like a purposeful teaching. It's just how we lived our life. Yeah. and. Some, but since a lot of people don't have that.
1: And your, well, your mother said this, and I love this. She said, look, you can't, you can't, just because bad things are happening around us, you can't walk around with a depressed attitude because there's another generation that's coming after you. Yes. There's another generation that should have the right to laugh the right. way you laugh. There's another generation that should have a the right to enjoy their life the way you've enjoyed your life. There's another generation and we've got to pour into them the love of Christ, the joy of Christ. The Bible tells us when we get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes inside of us Mm -hmm. and he doesn't produce mourning and depression and anxiety. The fruit, the result of the Spirit is love. I, so I love people, and that's why I grieve when I'm not going to be able yeah. to be with them. And, or I hurt when they hurt. But I've also got joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. That comes by being surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God. And if you've gone through a loss and you say, how am I ever supposed to have joy again? Surrender to God. Right. David lost his son. Yeah. And he, and he pled and pled and pled and pled, God save my son, save my son. And his son died. <laughs> then he got up, washed himself. And the people said, man, if they, if he was miserable before he died, how miserable is he going to be now? And he was, he was sitting, having dinner, eating and having a good time. And they said, what's the deal? Why, why were you grieving before he died? And now you're sitting and having dinner. He said, well, there was hope that right. I could get him back. And so I cried to God beforehand. But I'm now, there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm going to eat, and one of these days, I can't bring him back to focus me. Focus
0: on being able to see him. Yeah, I'm, I can't
1: bring him back to me, but I will see him again. I will, I will go to be with him. Wow. And so I can focus on those things. I can focus on the good things that have happened, and I can focus on great memories, and I can focus... On the fact that I'm going to see him again. And the fact that this is not the end. Hmm. It doesn't matter what's going on. This is not the end. I've just, we're coming to the end of the book of Acts on Sunday mornings. And when we come to the end of the book of Acts, the apostle Paul, it says he ministered for two full years in his own home in Rome. Nothing else is said about him. People speculate. Did he go, did he live on and go on and take other trips? We don't know. Did he, did he get, did he die? uh, by execution under Nero. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I know this he's in heaven right now and he's rejoicing. And it was, that's not the end. That's not the end of the apostle Paul. And it's not the end. If, if I, my Christian brothers and sisters are getting executed in another country, that's not the end. Yeah. They're in heaven. If, if something happens here in America, that's not the end. If I'm not in my nice home that I like to be in, mm-hmm. uh, That's it's still not the end. The Christian is indestructible, period. I'm, I'm going to live on forever. My body can be destroyed, but uh, my body can't be destroyed. I'm indestructible on this earth as long as I'm in the center of God's will until God is finished with me.
0: That's so good. You know, we just learned about that in History, Trey and I, we we're t- there's, you know, you're familiar with Stonewall Jackson? Yes. You know why he has his name, Stonewall Jackson? Noah. Because during the time of, they said, what the men looked on and they saw him as, they described it as a swarm of bullets, like a beehive, just going all around him. And he, he sat on his horse like a stone wall and didn't budge. And he was so fierce in it. And they said, he's, he's like a stone wall. Why isn't he covering? Why isn't he hiding? And his, he's a, he was a Christian man. And he said, as long as I'm in the center of God's will, the bullets aren't going to hurt me until God wants them to hurt me. So there's no reason to cower in fear. I just need continue to continue do what God wants me to do. And I thought, wow, it's amazing that these Christian men back then understood that they are indestructible, indestructible until God says, nope, I'm going to take you home. And so that's where his nickname came from, Stonewall Jackson.
1: The, the Native Americans had a... Um, ha- Called George Washington bulletproof because they watched him in the in the French Indian Wars. They watched him go into battle and they shot him and shot him and shot him. They aimed their guns and specific, his clothes and his was, they had, had bullets bullet holes, bullet holes in him and he didn't die. And he said, "It's just because of the providential hand of God on me." So. He dies of a blood infection later on, but not bullets. But, but no bullets, you, because if you're he knew what
0: God wants you to do. Yeah,
1: you're you're indestructible. So I can I can decide. I can spend my life worrying about what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen if if this takes place or that takes place or oh, if it happened to them, it's gonna happen to me. Hmm. Or uh. Oh, man, I'm afraid to f- smile because I've gone in. If if you're afraid to smile when you go in to visit somebody that's in the hospital, then don't go visit them in the hospital. Yeah, they don't need that. Yeah, they need you to be an encouragement. They need you to say, hey, look, I'm with you. I had a friend of mine grab my hand. Uh, he was, he was, I think he, was, he died within the 24-hour period of this. He grabbed my hand, pulled me down to him. His name was James. Pulled me down to him, and he said, he looked at me and he smiled and he said, "I'm going to see Jesus before you do." and Aww. I thought, "Wow, <laughs> he loves the lord and, and that's true. He got to see Jesus before i do i did and and that's reality for us as believers. I looked at a man face to face who's a good friend of mine, just a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, and i said to uh he said to me, uh." I, if, if, if a miracle doesn't take place, I'm going to be in heaven before Christmas. And I said, I looked at him and I thought, how can you just say that? Like stone face, say that to me. Hmm. I said, well, if I get my prayers answered and he's standing, we're standing in a church in uh, Wisconsin Hmm. and, uh, he's looking at me in the lobby of this church. He said, that's what the doctor told me. And he said, when the doctor said to me, told me that uh, this is that this the, all the treatments, nothing is working. Hmm. He said, uh, he said, I said, oh, okay. And I got up and he said, well, did you hear what I did? You understand what I just said? He said, well, yeah. He said, he said, what did I just tell you? He said, you can tell me. I can. You told me I can start eating all the things that you've told me I can't eat for the last four years. I can have a party. <laughs> that's what you told me he said how can you act that way he said buddy I've been preaching Jesus for the last how many years and he said if it's not reality to me now it never was reality hmm. Hmm. and I thought man um you know you you look at somebody like that and you say I hope I'm that brave when yeah. when I get the when I get the word whatever the right. word is um the truth of the matter is that is our reality. Our reality is eternity. And so whatever happens on this planet, our God's in control of that. And walking by faith simply says, uh, look, no no, no matter what's happened, no matter matter what's going on, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord in every way I can and bring glory to God because God is the victor. I am a, I am I am his I'm his angel sent mm-hmm. here to minister to represent him through every circumstance whatever it is. One day he'll be taking me out and people will be saying, "Oh, I'm oh, I feel so bad. I don't want you to feel bad. I'm going to yeah. go to heaven." And, and
0: and it's like what you said, the next generation. The, so if 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 you got cancer, and you were going to be passing away within 6 months you would still have in your mind hey i'm going to do something we're going to do something at christmas with the grandkids that's exactly we're going to do something you're going to continue to live the life that you can live and make those memories sweet for those kids that are going to continue living their that's life exactly without right. you so that's that's a, an amazing thought thinking of the next generation i mean we always talk i mean it's, the world talks about it all the time you know well oh, we got to preserve the world for the next generation we got to. well emotionally that's going to really be a big help to those kids that's right two days after my dad with.
1: died i walked in it was my dad died on on the 23rd of december two days later it was christmas wow i walked into the living room in the living room in a in a odd shaped box i opened it up there was a guitar a a, a red and black guitar that my dad made sure my mother bought oh. before he passed away to make sure i had it there for christmas oh. thinking wow. about the next generation wow um
0: that's amazing so
1: to summarize some things let me just say this You've got to remember you're indestructible. You've got to remember that your God's in control. You've got to remember you can do all things. Paul said, when Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, he wasn't saying I can jump as high as a, uh, a six story building. He wasn't yeah. saying I can do impossible things. He was saying I can handle anything that God puts me through. I can do all things mm-hmm. through Christ. I'm to sorrow, but not sorrow as others who have no hope. I need to understand that a merry heart doth good like a medicine. Mm-hmm. I need to remember that I need to be an encouragement to the next generation, to the next people that I'm going to be talking to. And uh, I need to understand, again, that God is still in control, and this is not the end. Whatever it, whatever mm-hmm. we're facing, it's not the end.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for all of this. This is helpful to me personally, and I have no doubt this is going to be a huge help to all of our listeners. So Thank you. We're excited about our next episode, so make sure you join us. And this is Tice Talks.
1: Which is more than a conversation. (laughs) Is
0: it? (laughs) Tice Talks. It's more than a conversation.